نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا فيهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله تعالى وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار معاشر المسلمين Every week we begin our khutab we begin our sermon with what we know with, with what is known as khutbatul hajjah we start by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and by mentioning and by testifying that there is none worthy of worship except Allah and that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave and his messenger. And we mention some ayat of the Quran and then we mention Amma Ba'd as for that, what, that which proceeds or that which follows that indeed the most truthful of speech is the book of Allah. And the best of guidance is the guidance of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the most evil of all affairs are the newly invented matters. For every newly invented matter into the religion is a bid'ah. And every bid'ah is misguidance. And every misguidance is in the fire. This is the way we start every khutbah. Why do we start our khutbahs like this? This is how Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam started his khutbah. These are the words that he chose to give over whenever he gave a sermon to emphasize the importance of these matters that are mentioned. To know that the book of Allah is the most important and the best of all speech. To know that the best guidance and there's no guidance that comes to his guidance, the guidance of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then on the flip side to be careful and beware of innovations in the religion. So this is prophetic guidance. This is not our approach that we've chosen because we want to be extreme and talk about bid'ah all the time. But this is the Prophet sallallahu choice of words. This is what Allah inspired him to do when he started his, his talks. And the hikmah in this is because bid'ah has many pitfalls and it has many, many dangers. It is one of the main reasons why so many people go astray. They fall into major misguidance. And it is from the plots of shaitan. The shaitan, he uses a person's religiosity to lead him astray. This is from the brilliance of the shaitan. In the sense, he's not bringing worldly issues. He's not bringing the person's shahwa, 
He's using the person's deen. He's using the person's emotions to lead them astray. So this is from the plots of the shaitan. When the person thinks he's doing good, he thinks he's worshipping Allah, and he's getting closer to Allah, but in reality, his deeds are wasted. So our talk today is not only dedicated to bid'ah. Rather, we want to highlight another plot of the shaitan. Just like he uses innovation, he has many other plots. He has many other approaches that he uses to lead people astray. We would like to highlight the issue of Al-Ghulu. Al-Ghulu. What is Ghulu? What is Al-Ghulu? Ghulu is defined as Al-Ziyadatu Anil Had Al-Mashru' is when a person he goes beyond the boundaries that are legislated. A person, he goes beyond what is allowed. It's transgression, it's extremism. That's what ghulu is. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam warned us about ghulu. He said, Iyakum wal ghulu. Be careful and beware of ghulu. Because the previous people before you were destroyed because of ghulu. Because of extremism. So we get ghulu in the religion. We get extremism when it comes to worship. For example, the hadith of the, sah- the Sahaba, radiallahu anhum, the one said, I will not get married. I will stay by myself. will not get married. He saw this as worship. The one said, I will not stop fasting. He saw this as worship for the sake of Allah. The Prophet sallallahu said, no, this is not the way it should be. I am the best of worshippers and I get married. I have women and I fast and I break my fast. So there must be a balance. That is extremism when it comes to the deen, when it comes to ibadah. We also have what is known as al-huluwu fi salihin. What is known as hulu when it comes to the righteous people. When it comes to the righteous people, what does this mean? This is where somebody goes into extremism and excessive reverence of the righteous. Or what they claim to be the, the righteous. So where they overpraise the person, they want to elevate the person's status beyond what is deserved of. Beyond what Allah Azawajal has given him of status. This is what is known as Ghuluf al-Saliheen Where people go into excessive reverence Of the so-called righteous or the righteous Because at times it happens even with, with, even with the, the Sahaba or the Anbiya Sometimes people overpraise Rasulullah Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam And they raise his status to that of Allah They raise, they, gave, they give him characteristics that is only Due to Allah so this is ghulu. This is what the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam specifically warned us about. And the Quran also. Allah azza wa jal, he said, Ya ahl al-kitabi, la taghlu fi deenikum. O people of the book, do not be extreme in your religion. Don't fall into extremism. Don't be excessive in your deen. This was for the Jews and the Christians, but it applies to us as well. 
it applies to us as well not to go into extremism when it comes to the religion so when it comes to the salihin when it comes to righteous people there are three categories of people in the way that they deal with the righteous number one is the middle path firstly we look at the middle path how do we how are we supposed to treat the righteous well we learn from them we benefit from them we follow them when they are doing righteous deeds and so forth we benefit from their company we love them because they're righteous people we can see these are good people and we respect them and we defend their honor this is the way of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah when it comes to the, the righteous people but we do not go beyond that and, and now raise them and elevate them to the point of where they are worshipped where they are praised excessively the second group is one of the ex extreme groups is where they forsake the righteous where they criticize them where they attack them and they belittle them for no reason for example the way the Shia criticized the Sahaba they were righteous people the best of people but the Shia criticized them this is the other extreme or the one extreme and then we got the third category which is the Hulat the people of Hulu this is the people of Hulu who over praise so Ahlul Sunnah are in the middle the one group they dispraise the righteous they attack the righteous the other group overpraise them they elevate their status beyond that which Allah has given them so they glorify them and they glorify the graves they make dua to them they make tawaf around their graves to the point where they build structures on their graves this is hulu in the religion this is going beyond the bounds of what is legislated so where did hulu come from Allah Azza wa Jal he says in Surah Nuh وَقَالُوا لَا تَذَرُنَّ آلِهَتَكُمْ وَلَا تَذَرُنَّ وَدَّوْ وَلَا سُوَاعُوا وَلَا يَهُوثَ وَيَعُوقَ وَنَسْرَ Surah Nuh verse 23 Allah he said and they have said the people said you shall not leave your gods nor shall you leave wad nor suwa' nor yahuth and ya'uq and nasr those words mentioned in the ayah what, what are these words ibn abbas the great sahabi the alim of the ummah the mufassir of the ummah he explained this ayah in sahih al-bukhari and he said the idols which were worshipped by those people of nuh alayhi salam were eventually worshipped by the Arabs later on. As for the idol, Wad. So this word Wad then is an idol. It was worshipped by the tribe of Kalb at Dawmat al-Jandal. Suwa' was the, was the idol of the people of Hudayl. Yaghuth was worshipped by the tribe of Murad. And Ya'uq was the idol of Hamdan. Nasr was the idol of Himyar. The branch of Dil Khala'. What does this teach us? Dil Khala'. What does this teach us? These names were the names of the idols. And they were worshipped by different tribes and different groups. Then Ibn Abbas he says, The names of the idols formerly belonged to some pious men of the people of Nuh. So these names, Waddan, Ya'uq, Nasr, 
these names were actually righteous men. These were salihin. These were people who were good people. But when they died, shaitan inspired the people to prepare and place idols at the places where they used to sit and to call these idols by their names. So when they died, the places where they used to sit and teach and benefit others and so forth, they used to put a little structure there to remember them. Not to worship them, just to remember them so that when we see this, we think of how great these men were. We think of these great men and how they benefited the people and how pious they were and so forth. And so this is what they did. So Ibn Abbas carries on and he said, the people did this, but the idols were not worshipped by those who placed them there. And until those people died, until those people died, meaning a generation goes by, some years and time goes by, and the origins of the idols became obscure. So Shaitan now comes and he says to the people, this is what your forefathers used to worship. This is why they placed these idols here. This is why they placed these statues here. This is why they placed these images here. This was the place of worship. And then, this is how the people started to worship these, call it false gods, these righteous people. So it was Hulu that led them to this. And this was the first shirk that happened in this ummah. Or in the world actually, not in this ummah. This was the first shirk that took place in the dunya. How did it happen? As a reason of hulu, excessive reverence of the righteous people. And also because of bid'ah. Because what? By placing that statue there, this was the first mistake. This was the first mistake. This was something that was not legislated. And what we learn from this is that bid'ah never stays as small as it started. It only gets worse and worse and worse and worse over time. It evolves and it changes. And the person starts with something small and that bid'ah ends up in disbelief a couple of years down the line. Wa na'udhu billah. So there are many examples of hulu that we see today. If you look around today, you will see many examples of hulu. Number one is al-hulu fi madhihim. When it comes to the righteous, you see people overpraising the righteous. People excessively praising the righteous, such that they fall into shirk. Some of them believe that the awliya, the righteous saints of Allah, they in control of creation. They are in control of creation in the universe. They control the universe. And this is stated by modern day Sufis as well as classical Sufis. Is a famous Sufi by the name of Habib Ali al-Jifri. This is what he says openly. This is what he says. He believes this. And the, the wali can create the fetus in the womb of the mother. By his own ability. If this is not kufr, then there is no kufr after this. They believe that the dead can hear. Wherever you are, you call on Rasulullah, he can hear you. Wherever you are, you call on your saint, your sheikh, wherever he is in the world, he will hear you. Is this not a characteristic of Allah? What have they left for Allah? They believe he will answer your dua. Did Allah not say, I am the one who answers the call? They believe their saint can benefit you and harm you. If he wants to benefit you in whichever way, 
This is what he can do. It's in his control. Yet this is only in the control of Allah Azza wa Jal. وَأَنَّمْ يَعْلَمُونَ الْغَيْبِ They know matters of the unseen. Rasulullah knows matters of the unseen. Allah said, كُلَّا أَعْلَمُ الْغَيْبِ Say to the people, I don't know the unseen. Is this ayah not clear enough? وَعِنْدَهُمْ مَفَاتِحُ الْغَيْبِ لَا يَعْلَمُهَا إِلَّا اللَّهِ To Allah belongs the keys of the unseen. Nobody knows it except Him. But this is not the aqeedah. Because the aqeedah is not based on the Qur'an, nor is it based on the sunnah. It's based upon emotion. It's based upon excessive love and reverence of their righteous awliya. This is an example of excessive praise that's found today. This is not a, a fable from the 200 years ago, 1000 years ago. This is what they teach today. The Prophet wasallam, he warned this ummah about this excessive praise. And he said, لا تطروني كما أطرت النصار المسيح ابن مريم Don't go in extreme praise of me. Do not excessively revere me and praise me like the Christians praised Isa, the son of Maryam. عليه الصلاة والسلام فإنما عبد أنا عبد Look at his wording that he uses. He says, I'm only a slave. Innama means I'm only a slave. Nothing more. Nothing more. فَقُولُوا عَبْدُ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ When you speak about me, you say he's the slave of Allah and his messenger. And you don't go beyond that meaning. We praise Rasulullah, yes. We praise his, his amazing character. His sunnah, his bravery, his love that he had for the ummah, his mercy that he had for the people and for animals. We praise him in so many ways. But this is all legislated praise. This is all factual praise. It's based upon evidence. But we do not go beyond this because the Prophet forbid us from this. Imam Al-Qurtubi, rahimahullah, in his tafsir, he explained this ayah and he said, what this means is, don't describe me with characteristics that is not from my praises, that, that, that they're not befitting of. Just like the Krishna's praise, Isa ibn Maryam. Only praise me with what is legislated. But don't go into extremes. Don't go into extremes when you praise me. Now if this is how the rule for Rasulullah is, what about other than him? What about other than him. Can anybody come to his status and level? Nobody comes to his level and status. If this is not allowed for him, then most definitely it's not allowed for anybody else on the face of this earth. An example of this popular, if not one of the most, most popular Qasidas, Qasida Burda. Who hasn't heard of the Burda? What does it say in the Burda? يا أكرم الخلق ما لي من ألوذ به سواك عند حدوث الحادث العموي. Talking about Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, it says, "O noblest of creation, I have no one but you to turn to except when major calamity strikes." Na'in Allah, where is Allah? Why do we turn to Allah? What have we left for Allah? Another line from this poem says, "فإن من وجودك الدنيا." وَضَرَّتُهَا وَمِنْ عُلُومِكَ عِلْمُ اللَّوْحِ وَالْقَلَمِ 
this world and the year after are part of what you control. And part of your knowledge is the knowledge of Al-Lawhil Mahfuz and the pen. The book of decree. The pen that was written, that wrote the book of decree, it says this is the knowledge of who? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. فَمَا بَقِيَ لِلَّهِ What is left for Allah? What has been left to Allah Azza wa Jal? So this is another example of excessive reverence. Another example, local scholars will come and say today, if you look at the face of Habib Umar, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Na'udhu Billah. Did any Sahabi say this about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Where does this come from? It comes from Hulu. That's where it comes from. It comes from extreme reverence of your Shaykh. That you have a blind loving for. That you have been misled by and blinded by. This is what the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam warned against. Iyakum al-Hulu. Be careful of Hulu. It's going to destroy you just like it destroyed those before you. So if this is not Hulu, then what is Hulu? This is the worst of statements that we can find. Not one hadith is like this. Sahaba were too shy to look at the face of the Prophet wasallam. And never ever did say, we look at this shaykh, or you look at Abu Bakr, or Umar, or Uthman, or Ali. Your sins are forgiven. But if you look at this man, who is the sinner? He's not ma'asum like the Anbiya. Your sins are forgiven. Wallahu al-musta'an. From the hulu is worshipping them. Making dua to them. Asking them to relieve you and so forth. And these evidences that we don't have time to mention. People go and make sacrifices at the kubur. This is hulu. Making tawaf around graves. This is only, it all stems from this concept of hulu. From what? Excessive reverence. Taking graves as masajid. Taking graves as places of worship. The Prophet ﷺ, he said about the people that when they have righteous people amongst them and they die, the righteous die. What do they do when the righteous die? They build great they build Mazars, Kramats, call it what you like. They build places of worship over these graves. But then what did he say about these people? Did he say these are the righteous people? Did he say these are the best of people? Did he say these are the true lovers of the awliya? These are the people of Mahabba. He said, he said, Ulaikahum shirarul khalqi Allah. He said these are the worst of creation in front of Allah. These are the worst of creation in front of Allah. Those who build these things over the graves, they are the worst of creation in front of Allah. This is not my words. This is not the word of a Wahhabi Shaykh. This is the word of your Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Sahih al-Bukhari and Muslim. He said, لا تجلسوا على القبور ولا تصلوا إليها Don't sit on the graves and don't pray towards them. Hadith in Sahih Muslim. He said, may Allah curse the women who frequent visiting graves and those people who take the graves as places of worship and put lights on them. And put lights on them. 
hadith is again sahih. Don't you see the lights on the graves nowadays? Big built-up graves looking at masajid, as if the Prophet ﷺ did not say, May Allah's curse be upon these people. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in Sahih Muslim, he said to Ali ibn Abi Talib, radiyallahu an, ala ab'athuka ala ma ba'athani alayhi Rasulullah sallallahu This is narrated that, what was said to Ali, he said, an la ad'u, wala ad'a timthalan illa tamastuhu. That I will not leave any structure or statue except that I will destroy it. This was the instruction to Ali. Whatever statue, idol you come across, you destroy it. وَلَا قَبْرًا مُشْرِفًا إِلَّا سَوَّيْتُهُ And whatever grave you come across that's built up, level it. Level it. Sahih Muslim. So the fabricated hadith, this is what the Prophet sent Ali with. Now if you take the people of today, the so-called saints, and if you look at their faces, your sins are forgiven. You look at their places where they teach from. All the graves are built up. Everything is a big grave. It's supposed to be the grave of Nabi Hud there where there's no evidence for. It's also built up. The question is if the Prophet came there, and if Ali came there, and Sahaba came there, what would they have done? They would have picked up their axes and leveled the whole place up. But this is supposed to be awliya. This is supposed to be saints. If you look at them, you're forgiven. And then they claim that the Prophet ﷺ visits the gatherings. His ruh comes and visits the gatherings. What religion is this? What religion? This is not Islam. Whatever it is, it's not Islam. You can rather say, this is our cult that we follow. And this is the teachings of our cult. But this is not Islam. This is not the Sunnah, and this is not the Quran. Aqulu hadha al-qawl, wa astaghfirullah al-azim, mali walakum, mali walidayya, wali walidikum, wali sa'idin muslimina min kulli dhamb, fastaghfiruh, innahu huwa al-ghafur rahim Alhamdulillahi ala ihsanih, wa shukru ala tawfiqihi wa amtinanih, وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن نبينا محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله وسلامه عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وسلم تسليما مزيدا أيها المسلمون رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم سير هذا حديث صحيح مسلم هلك المتنطعون هلك المتنطعون هلك المتنطعون he said three times the extreme one is destroyed the extremists are destroyed. The extremists, they are doomed or destroyed. إِيَّاكُمْ وَالْغُلُوْ فَإِنَّمَا أَهْلَكَ مَنْ كَانَ قَبْلَكُمُ الْغُلُوْ Be careful and beware of ghulu. Because the thing that destroyed the people before you is al-ghulu. And this is what we have now seen. We saw examples of the Jews and the Christians. They took Isa as the son of Allah. The Jews said, Uzair is the son of Allah. We see to the people of Nuh, the ayat and hadith we quoted. The lesson for us is to beware of this plot from the shaitan. Because that is what it is. It's a plot from the shaitan. Where he uses people's religiosity. He uses their deen. 
He uses the emotions to misguide them. Just like he does with Bid'ah. And the two are very much linked. The reason people make these claims is because they are in, on, upon an innovated path. It's the path of innovation that takes them so far away from the Sunnah that they are now desensitized from the Haqq and from Haram and so forth. And so everything is good. Everything is fine as long as your niyyah is good, as long as it's based upon love and mahabbah, it's all good. Disregard the teaching of the Quran and the Sunnah, it's all good. This is what Bid'ah does. And this is what Al-Hulu does. So it's upon us to be weary of this. And to be careful of these type of statements and these types of teachings. Because they come from scholars of misguidance. We've heard the hadith many times. The Prophet he said, The thing I fear most for my ummah is al-imma al-mudillin. It's the misguiding imams. The, mis- the imams that come and teach you falsehood. So this is something that we all need to be weary of. No matter the status of the person, no matter how beautiful his speech sounds, no matter the smile on his face, when how soft the words that he uses are, well, you need to judge what he says. And like the scholars who explain that these people are people who promote lasa, lasa, lam sin ain. What is lasa? Lasa is poison. But the layman, he doesn't understand it like that. He reads it back to front. What is lesser back to front? Ain seen lamb. Asal. He sees it like honey. It's honeyed speech. But it's poisonous speech. It's poisonous speech. This is lesser that they are giving you. It looks like honey. But wallahi it's not honey. Alhamdulillah. I think with these clips that have gone around, most people, their fitrah was enough to tell them, this is now taking it too far. Even the layman could tell you, this is extreme. Alhamdulillah. The point though is, this is their aqidah. Don't be fooled, this is what they believe. And th- there's much more where that, come from, where, that, where that comes from. So be on guard that you are not drinking lesser when it comes to these type of scholars. Because it looks like it's full of love and adab and, and, and piety. In reality, what it is, is poisonous and will destroy your deen. Allahu musta'an. So, we end off by mentioning the ayah in Surah Hud. Where Allah Azza wa Jal, He said, فَاسْتَقِمْ كَمَا أُمِرْتَ وَمَنْ تَابَ مَعَكَ وَلَا تَطْغَوْ إِنَّهُ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ بَصِيرٌ فَاسْتَقِمْ Allah gives a command to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and says to him, be steadfast. Hold firm. Kama umirta. The way that you were commanded to hold steadfast. Don't hold steadfast in innovation on bid'ah and, and those type of ways. That's not steadfastness. You must hold steadfast in the correct way. Hold on to the Quran and the Sunnah and you'll never go astray. Hold on to the way of the Sahaba and you'll never go astray. But the moment you open the doors, to all types of views and all types of good bid'ahs, this is when the door of misguidance is open and the floodgates are open. And it will all just flow through. So, Be steadfast the way you've been instructed in the Quran and the Sunnah. And this is how you will find your success. 
هذا وصلوا وسلموا رعاكم الله على بشير النذير فقد أمركم الله بذلك في كتابه فقال عز بن قائل عليما إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما وقال صلى الله عليه وسلم من صلى عليه صلاة صلى الله عليه بها عشرة اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد وارض اللهم عن الخلفاء الراشدين أبي بكر وعمر وعثمان وعلي وعن بقية الصحابة والتابعين وتابعي التابعين وأن معهم بمنك وكرمك يا أكرم الأكرمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين وأذل الشرك والمشركين وأذل البدع والمبتدعين ودمر أعداءك أعداء الدين يا مولانا يا رب العالمين اللهم انصر المسلمين والمستضعفين في كل مكان اللهم وكن لهم ناصرا ومعينا ومؤيدا وحفيظا اللهم وعليك بأعداء الدين فإنهم لا يعجزونك اللهم يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك اللهم يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار عباد الله رحمكم الله وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أقيموا الصلاة